Welcome back to the Why We Eat podcast. I'm Emily Berry, dietitian, mom, and lover of food. Each episode, we deep dive into reasons behind why we eat, plus give you tools and tips to help take that knowledge and turn it into habits that build the healthy lifestyle that you want. Now, if you're wanting more individualized support or guidance, please reach out to me on Instagram at Nutrition. Now, let's dive in. Welcome back to the Why We Eat podcast. I am so excited to have Becca back talking about her number one area of specialty, which is hormones and how they impact our metabolism. As you can probably tell from her Instagram, TikTok handle at metabolism.dietitian, that is what she is passionate about. So welcome back, Becca. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk about this. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you chose to specialize in metabolism and in hormones and their impact on our metabolism? So I think that um, when I first started out, the type of clients that I was attracting, that I you know vibed with, that I got along with, they kind of showed me that this is what I wanted to be working in without me knowing it. Um, you know, when I first started doing my private practice and taking on one-on-one clients, a lot of them came from restrictive backgrounds and were experiencing metabolic adaptation, which basically means they have a slow metabolism. And so it made me do my own research about why this is happening and how I can help them fix it and uh, what I can do to help them balance hormones and improve their metabolism. So that's how I got into it. And honestly, I really just love hormones, women's health, because I feel like it's my contribution to feminism. And I feel like it's just like girl power. And it makes me happy. (laughs) I love that. Always do what makes you happy. So for today, we are going to be spending one podcast talking about hormones, which means we aren't going to go in depth into every single hormone and everything that they do. But we are going to be covering the most important ones, especially related to metabolism, especially related to weight loss and the ones that might be most impacted by dieting or diet culture. So Becca, can you just tell us a little bit about what are some of the main hormones that we should know about and be focused on? So when people talk about your metabolic rate or your metabolism, having a fast metabolism, slow metabolism, the main group of hormones that they are talking about is your thyroid hormones. So your thyroid controls your metabolic rate. For for example, if anybody knows somebody who has hypothyroidism, hypo means slow, thyroid, right? Hypothyroidism, slow thyroid. And what happens when you have that disease is your thyroid hormones aren't working properly, they're working slower, and so your metabolism slows, and a lot of those patients end up gaining weight. Um, So that's just one example of, you know, how a slow thyroid can cause weight. When we talk about nutrition and lifestyle factors, there are definitely some that impact your thyroid health, like getting enough selenium in, getting enough iodine in. But a lot of different other hormones end up impacting your thyroid. And one of the major ones is cortisol. So cortisol is your stress hormone. And I don't just mean emotional stress, like anxiety or feeling overwhelmed at work. I mean, 
any sort of stressor on your body. So whether that's lack of sleep, whether that is an illness or an infection, whether that is over-exercising or you know, extending yourself too far, it does include emotional stress. But anytime you're under prolonged stress, your cortisol increases. And when your cortisol is high, it slows down your thyroid. So when I am talking to my patients about improving their metabolism or you know, working towards hormone balance, those are the two that we always start with as far as education goes. Because you know, if you're coming from a slow metabolism, really what you want to focus on is removing a lot of the stressors from your life to kind of give your body that space to rebound. Um, and one major thing that a lot of them experience is severe calorie restriction is a big stressor on your body. And, you know, really underfeeding yourself causes a lot of stress. It causes your cortisol to go up. It causes your thyroid hormone to slow down. And that's why we, you know, people with a restrictive background have slow metabolism and have, uh, and that whole process is called metabolic adaptation. Yeah, uh, that was an amazing explanation. And listeners, if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, crap, I have been following a calorie restricted diet. Am I under eating? Am I having a metabolic adaptation? The answer might be yes, but there are ways to reverse that. And we will get to that later in today's episode. Becca, I did want to ask you about a specific hormone that I hear a lot circulating social media related to diet, and that is insulin insulin resistance, insulin blood sugar control. And can you talk a little bit more about insulin and its role in the body? So really simply put, insulin is what allows your body to use glucose. So glucose is the form of energy. It's sugar. And every single cell in your body uses glucose for energy uh, in order for that glucose to get into the cells so that they can use the sugar for energy. You need insulin. Insulin is like the key that opens the door to let the sugar in. Um, insulin is a anabolic hormone, meaning that it promotes growth, right? When we have excess amounts of insulin, it causes um, a lot of excess glucose to rush into cells. If we have too little insulin or we have insulin resistance, it causes not enough sugar to be let into cells and instead it just lingers around in your blood and causes high blood sugar. Um, why we talk about insulin control and blood sugar control a lot is because it can A, affect your energy levels throughout the day, but also having good blood sugar control is a good sign of metabolic health. And what I mean by metabolic health, it isn't just like your thyroid metabolism, but also like how great your liver is functioning and how great your... Uh, Kidneys are functioning, like those types of metabolic markers as well. And blood, blood sugar control is a good indicator of that. Yeah. So I think that insulin can get a bad rap sometimes of, or at least on social media, what I have seen in, in the wonderful world of social media is people talking about certain foods that can lower your insulin or, or keep insulin out of the body because insulin is somehow linked with fat storage, which is, I feel like a twisted version of the truth. Can, can you clear that up a little bit? Yeah. So insulin is in some ways associated with fat storage. 
Um, but insulin, I mean, continuously throughout the day, your body is breaking down and replacing fat cells, right? So it's all about the overall plus and minus what you're netting at the end of the day. So, you know, worrying about what your insulin is doing on any given minute isn't really that beneficial. Um, but also if without insulin, you would die, <laughs> which is really dramatic, but also not dramatic because it's true. Your body needs insulin to function properly. No, we don't want massive insulin spikes, but it's not the insulin that's the issue. It's that you've eaten something that's causing a huge blood sugar spike. So that insulin is basically having to come in and save the day. Uh, so it's not really the insulin that's the issue. It's the really, really high blood sugar that's the issue. And that's where the problem lies. So insulin is doing its job. You just kind of got to help it out to keep your blood sugar stable throughout the day. Perfect. That is an amazing explanation as to insulin is the helper. And it is can potentially be a marker of, you know, inadequate blood sugar control. But that comes back to what you're eating, not to the function of insulin itself. A few other hormone hot topics or hormones that we hear circulating around and, and our viewers or listeners might not know what they are is leptin and ghrelin. Can you give us a brief explanation on what those two little guys do? So leptin and ghrelin are your two major hunger hormones, um, or maybe I should say appetite control hormones. So ghrelin is the one that makes you feel hungry and leptin is the one that makes you feel full and how you can remember that is um when you get hungry you get grr hungry and you growl like ghrelin starts with a g that's how i remember it that's you know maybe silly but um when you're hungry and you're growling like a bear because you're actually just hangry, um, ghrelin is really high and it's making you hungry. Um, those two hormones, along with a few others, regulate your appetite throughout the day. And as far as weight loss goes, you know, when you start to lose weight, your body increases the amount of ghrelin that it produces. And that's because your body is happy at a, a homeostatic point. So anything major as far as a shift away from normal is going to cause a response in your body. And, you know, physiologically, that's a good thing because that keeps us alive. <laughs> but when you start to lose weight and you're in a calorie deficit, your body's like, no, this isn't good. We don't want to be in a calorie deficit. We don't want to waste away to nothing. We want to keep our body the way it is. And so it ups ghrelin to make you feel more hungry throughout the day so that you have a higher calorie intake and you return to your set body point, say. Um, on the other hand, leptin makes you feel full. And when it comes to weight loss, you want this to be a little bit higher, right? Because you want to feel satiated throughout the day. You don't want to feel starving throughout the day if you're hungry or if you're trying to lose weight. Um, and so leptin is what we want more of. And so the two major food groups uh, macronutrients that can cause an increase in leptin are protein and fat. So they, when you eat protein and fat, your gut sends a signal to your brain to reduce, to, uh, release leptin into your body. Wow. That 
just in this brief overview of hormones that we've been talking about, it's it's crazy to hear how many different chemical functions are going on in our body to control so many different things. And as you're explaining these, all I'm thinking about is just how complicated all of these processes are and how we can't just say, oh, you know, a decrease in ghrelin is going to help me lose weight or just a, you know, just insulin control will help me lose weight because everything is interconnected with hunger, with fullness, with the amount we're eating, the types of food we're eating, with our lifestyle factors. I mean, something like sleep is interconnected with all of these different hormones. So learning about hormones in general is is a bit complicated, but actually keeping them controlled and helping your hormones help your metabolism, support your health and weight loss goals is not quite as complicated. Can you give us your top tips for supporting hormone balance and metabolism? Yes, absolutely. So I have three or four major things that I address with every single person that comes to me who is looking to you know, improve their metabolism, to um, like focus on hormone balance and all that kind of stuff. So first thing that I do with all of those clients is focus on sleep and stress. Because like I said, major stressors on your body are going to inhibit any sort of weight loss goals that you have. So the first thing we need to do is make sure that we are trying to eliminate as many of those as possible. Living stress-free is absolutely impossible, right? And I mean, you work with mothers, so I'm sure you all need to hear that. You're not going to eliminate all the stress in your life. But learning to appropriately cope with them and still make space for yourself is very important as far as you know eliminating some of that cortisol load. But you know, creating space for yourself and getting in that seven to nine hours of sleep every night, that's where I start always. So if you are, you know, thinking that your metabolism is all autoact, check your stress levels and your sleep and start with those. And I know that's not even nutrition related at all, but you've got to get that down because if you're stressed and you're not sleeping, making any sort of food change is going to be hard, harder than it is to begin with. And you're not going to see the same result from the changes in food if you are able to willpower through it and say, well, I will just eat these foods, even though I'm not sleeping enough, your body's still not functioning 100%. And so you still are not going to see the result. Absolutely. Because when you don't sleep, when you're sleep deprived, your body produces more ghrelin and you are leptin resistant, meaning that you're not as susceptible to feel full. So you need need to sleep. Um, the second thing that I go through with all of these clients is making sure that they are eating enough, especially if you come from a place of restriction. If you feel like you have experienced any sort of metabolic adaptation, you need to be making sure that you are first and foremost nourishing your body and giving it what it needs. You know, disclaimer, some people experience some, some sort of weight gain during this time period, but your body needs to go through that in order to get to a place of better health first and foremost, but also to reach your long-term nutrition goals. And I know that you cannot give a blanketed calorie recommendation, but I think we can all agree that 12, 1300, even for some people, 1400 calories, that's too low, even for weight loss. Do you have a range that you would say maybe 75% of people fall into or you don't even Uh, want to give that? (laughs) I can tell you how to calculate it. 
25 to 30 calories per kilogram of body weight is a good starting point. Um, but again, you need to work with the dietitian yes. to figure out what you need. But if for those of you who don't need, no, if you take your weight in pounds and divide it by 2.2, that'll give you your weight in kilograms. And then multiply that by 20 to 30. And that's a good like starting range. That's really, really generic though. So, But it'll least, at least it will give you an idea of a ballpark, you know, a target that you're aiming for. Or you could just not count calories because there are many ways to be healthy and lose weight without counting calories. Mm-hmm. But if you are, if my fitness pal has told you 1,200 calories for your weight loss goals, all BS, it is not true. That is only hurting your metabolism, only hurting your health. And in the long term, it's only hurting your weight loss goal. Uh, I always joke with my clients that my fitness pal is on a mission to start the world. Well, I mean, people will keep calorie counting as long as they feel the need to lose weight. And what better way to keep people in that mindset than putting them at a place where that weight loss will eventually stop? It'll plateau because it's too low. Their metabolism is adapting. And maybe maybe that was their marketing plan all along. Or maybe they just didn't know what they were doing. Didn't hire a dietitian <laughs> on staff when they developed their app. <laughs> um, so... Start with sleep and stress. Make sure that you're eating enough. But when it comes to real, like solid nutrition things that you need to focus on, um, one, making sure that you have a good source of protein and fat at your meals. Because, like I said, if you're in that weight loss phase, you're going to want to feel satiated throughout the day. You're not going to want to feel starving. So, getting in protein and fat with your meals and snacks is going to keep you feeling full throughout the day and offset some of that leptin resistance and some of that increase in ghrelin as you're losing weight. Um, Number two is gut health because so many hormones are metabolized in your gut and you need good gut health to have good hormone and metabolic health. So fiber, probiotics, water are really, really important getting in fruits and vegetables, choosing probiotic foods that are going to give good bacteria to your gut. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's in the US, the most common one is yogurt. Um, but it also includes kombucha, kimchi, is, mm, sauerkraut. Sauerkraut, so, yeah. Kefir. Um, kefir. Um, anything fermented, really. Um, and then water, because when you up the amount of fiber and probiotics you take in, you need to eat more water because uh, if you don't, then you will uh, probably have some sort of GI issue. Yeah, you can get a little gassy, a little constipated, all kinds of fun stuff that us dietitians talk about all the time. We like but it will pass. If you up your fiber and you feel a little bit gassy, it will pass. Your body will get used to it. So stick it out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's best to anytime you're making a change, it's best to do so slowly. And that includes fiber. But if you notice that you're like super gassy, maybe just decrease it a little bit. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, major, major things to focus on. Sleep and stress. Focus on giving your body enough calories or energy. Then you can focus on, you know, making sure you have protein or fat with your meals. Then focusing on gut health. I mean, those are the major kind of points that I make sure to hit with anybody who's coming from that background. So those are... I mean, that right there is enough homework for most people to go home and work on something. 
Uh, you have three months of homework there. <laughs> <laughs> if it takes you less than three months to perfect all that, then um, you should go to school and be a dietitian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, disclaimer, us dietitians aren't even perfect at that. Absolutely not. I go in and out of good sleep habits all the time. And, you know, I'm always trying to improve them, but I'm by no means perfect. Uh, sleep is a main one for me, too. It's it's one of the hardest ones, I think. Um, I, we actually are going to do an entire episode on sleep. So stay tuned for that. But just because I know about it doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. Um, dietitians are humans, too. We don't always hit our sleep goals. We don't always hit our eating goals, our hydration goals, um, because, you know, being human is part of the human experience. Right. Absolutely. So these are all great tips on working on regulating your hormones. And I would imagine if someone feels like they have a problem with their hormones or with their metabolism, working on these will be beneficial. But at what point would you recommend seeing a specialist? So if you suspect there's any serious uh, issue with your hormone balance or metabolism, you need to see a specialist right away because there are certain cases that you need to be medicated. So you have like clinical hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, you need appropriate medication. If you have uh, imbalances with excess or too little insulin, you need to be medicated. If you're trying to get pregnant and you're having issues with your testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, like you need to maybe be medicated. So. And I'm not saying that medication is necessary in every single one of those situations. Some of it can be lifestyle and diet controlled, but it's always good to get checked out to make sure that that's not the next course of action. So if you suspect that you have any sort of, you know, metabolic or hormone imbalance, I would go see a doctor and just get it. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you saying is all of these lifestyle diet, these factors are meant to balance hormones in an otherwise healthy person. If yeah. you are having glaring issues, like lack of sleep should not be causing like glaring, glaring issues that do not improve after a good night's sleep. So if you are having these sort of symptoms, that's when you should go see a specialist. Right. So for example, if you know, I, I work with several women who are, you know, pre- pregnancy that are trying to get pregnant. So we're working on like lifestyle things to optimize, maybe is the best word, um, like fertility hormones and all that kind of stuff. And so in those patients, you know, we can do diet and lifestyle. But, you know, if you have been tested and have chronically low progesterone, like that, um, that's past what a dietitian can fix on their own. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you can always go see your doctor, even if it's just for a preventative test. But if they don't find anything clinically wrong, that doesn't mean that your symptoms don't exist. It just means that they are most likely going to resolve through diet and lifestyle changes. Which Exactly. And you don't want any sort of formal medication. Right. And you gave us more than enough ideas of things to work on. Remember, not all changes happen at once. Pick one or two things to focus on and get good at those and then move on to the next. So are there any last thoughts around hormones? Oh, I could ask you so many questions, but we're, we're running out of time on our episode today. We can do a part two and 
at a later date. Yes, we definitely <laughs> need to because now I'm I'm thinking about things like adrenal fatigue and other buzzwords that are floating around right now. Um, so we'll definitely have to do a part two at some point. But for today's episode, are there any final thoughts you want to leave us with surrounding hormones and metabolism? Um, yes. So a lot of people when they come to me feel like their body is broken because they've tried everything and can't lose weight. And if there's one thing that you can leave this with, it's that your body's not broken and it might just need a little bit of nourishment and for you to give it some, some self-care. I love that. You are not broken. No. Your body, it works. You can lose weight. You can gain energy. All of these things are possible. Just don't fall into the diet trap. Work with a dietitian. Work on a healthy lifestyle and you'll get there. Absolutely. So can you remind us again where to find you? So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at metabolism.dietitian. My website is nutritionwithbecca.com. And you can find my free Facebook group on Facebook. It's called uh, Women's Weight Loss and Metabolism Recovery. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. I learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners learned a lot. Um, This was amazing. Thank you so much. Anytime. All right. Bye. Wow. What an amazing episode. Becca is freaking awesome. I love talking to her about metabolism, about hormone balance. And I was totally serious about having her back on to go more in depth into this topic because it is such a hot and trending topic right now. Speaking of upcoming topics, I would love to hear your feedback. What are things you're wanting to learn about? What is some of your feedback for the show? I would really, really appreciate you checking out the link down in the show notes to fill out our little feedback form and give your input into the topics that we come out with next season. Again, thank you so much for listening and as always, wishing you a happy and healthy week. Bye.